Greetings, y'all, and welcome to another episode of the Bobcast. It is me, Will Fassbender. Allison Weinhoff Olson. And we are excited to be joining you again for an episode which centers around the Writing Center with Rose Ashley. She is a graduate teaching assistant and peer tutor at the Writing Center. She is also a master's student in the history program, and she is studying disability in the national parks. And so thank you so much for joining us, Rose. It's really exciting to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. Perfect. And and I'm wondering, maybe before we even talk about the Writing Center, would you mind telling us just a little bit about your work around national parks and disability and, and where those two perhaps intersect? Yeah, this will be good. I can practice my my elevator pitch. Um, yeah, so my I'm writing a master's thesis, which seeks to retell the story of Yellowstone National Park from a disability perspective. Uh, I argue or kind of the overarching narrative in my three different chapters is that um, I guess ableist narratives of 19th century wilderness has um, ruled and has continued to rule uh, Yellowstone Park policy, which has excluded disabled individuals both practically and conceptually from park spaces. Uh, although that's kind of the the dominant narrative that I highlight through a lot of random sources that I found, um, there are small little inklings, particularly in um, my last chapter, which focuses on the 1990s, where you start to see Yellowstone uh, considering more holistic interpretations of access in natural spaces. Very cool. Are we on the on the right path at least? Uh, are we are we moving towards greater accessibility? Would you say certainly, since the nineties? Okay. Certainly, I think my um, my epilogue focuses a lot on kind of like where are we now? Um, and uh, the National Park Service just hired a uh, hired a wilderness and accessibility coordinator, Quinn Brett. Um, she was a climbing ranger in uh, Rocky Mountain, but then she became uh, paralyzed at the waist down in a, in a climbing accident. But she now does a lot of disability consultant work for the parks, and her mission is to create one accessible backcountry trail in every national park. So that is really exciting. Um, and there's also a lot of um, work being done in like the nonprofit realm. So Eagle Mount in town is um, an organization which I think has some really cool initiatives. And also, I think my biggest thing is that um, we need to, beyond just like creating like practical change, there needs to be a cultural change. And I see people at Eagle Mount really trying to implement that. Um, and even just kind of in the field of environmental history, which I operate in, um, people are starting to become more interested in disability inclusion. So certainly on the right track, a long way to go, but it's not as depressing as it was in the 19th century. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm glad to hear that we have perhaps not a happy ending, but a happy path forward totally. here. So that's great. Totally. We could spend all of our time talking about this particular Indeed. project, but I suppose we should uh, move on to the, the main course here, which is talking to you about your work with the Writing Center. And I guess maybe just starting off here, we're curious as to what the Writing Center is, specifically as we're thinking about uh, graduate students and what sort of services and opportunities are there for our graduate students in trying to engage with the Writing Center and what benefits they might get when they're doing this, a lot of really important writing. Yeah, so at the Writing, or 
the people who work at the writing center. So like me, my supervisors, um, the undergrad tutors, we like to think of the writing center as something called a third space, um, which is a very like conceptual term. There's a lot of um, scholarly work dedicated to that in the writing center realm. But basically in a in your writing process, you typically have like the classroom space, which is like graded and a little nerve wracking and anxiety inducing. And then you'll typically have like your bedroom or like your workspace where you do the writing, which also kind of has its own, I guess, like anxieties associated with it. And the writing center is this third space where we like to kind of distance ourselves from perhaps any writing trauma that we've experienced over the years and just work through the writing process wherever you're at. So I've had people come in who are trying to brainstorm for a paper and then I've helped people format their master's thesis. So we really work with people across a wide variety of times and places where they're at at the um, in the writing process. And hopefully because it's a very like non-judgmental space the stakes are very low it can produce maybe some more um I don't know more productive writing or can at least like I think especially when um in graduate school in the humanities you do so much writing that you're in your head so much I think that going into a separate space where you have someone to bounce ideas off, off of is so 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 needed and I think that that's what the writing center can ultimately offer particularly to graduate students where you know our projects are so long and you're in the weeds in one week and then the next week you're doing a lot of like theoretical conceptual work um, just having someone to bounce ideas off of and kind of get that, you know, third perspective, I think is really, really um, beneficial. At least it's been beneficial for me. One of the things that I think is interesting as we we consider what our writing center is and, and something we've talked about in the past, uh, as you know, uh, you've met Avery, uh, who's who does a lot of work with the undergraduates. And, and something that's important is that it, we, we tear down this idea that it's a fix-it shop. And so the idea is that, of course, you can come in with no ideas and, and y'all will help me with some brainstorming perhaps. But also there seems to be sometimes this deficit mindset of it's a place where bad writers go to get their bad writing improved. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we were even talking before the podcast, uh, you had mentioned how we don't see a lot of humanities mm. students coming through the writing center. And we really want our students to go to the writing center because talking about writing, no matter where you are in the process, is going to improve your writing is something that we believe in, in the department. But I think it's something that a lot of y'all believe in the writing center as well. Is there anything you can think of that either A, prevents humanities folks from coming through the writing center and perhaps any ideas of of ways to encourage them or or, or things that we could do in order to ensure that they understand you don't have to be struggling with writing. It's a place where you go at any point in the process, whether you're looking for help with revision, ideas, or you just want another pair of eyes on a piece of paper. Like, what would, Any ideas as to why people don't come in and any things we can do to be encouraging uh, some of our students to be coming through? Yeah, I think that there is a real uh, culture within the humanities, especially when you enter into grad school, that 
you know, you wouldn't be coming into graduate school unless you were either good at writing or you enjoyed writing. Um, and because in the humanities, you just do so much of it, like week in, week out, you have like reflection papers for class and then you're working on your own, you know, professional paper or thesis. I think that you kind of get into a bit of a rut almost, or like you feel like you've already like, you know, paid your dues in undergrad, you've worked on your writing. Now here you are at this new level. And I think there's a lot of both pride and also, insecurity within graduate students of like feeling like you can't really ask for help because it's like oh like you know you're you're an English grad student like of course you know how to write why would you be here if you didn't but I think that the idea that like you that you're that there is this like gold standard of writing it that's just false you know writing is always it is a continual process where you can always improve more. And I think that's why some people find writing to be, particularly in the sciences, I, I, I've experienced, like, that's why you find it infuriating because there's always room for improvement. But I think that in the humanities, like, as you were saying, like, as you were posing this question to me, I think that, or about, like, you know, how to get the word out there. I think that for me and for my history grad friends who I've kind of dragged into the writing center because, like, they're feeling stressed, I think you can really burn out quite quickly in the humanities because you are just doing so much writing. And maybe this is because I'm in my last semester and I'm studying for my comps right now and I'm trying to finish my master's thesis. But you're just spending so much time that you can't get that perspective that I think is needed when, particularly I think when you're trying to outline or kind of formulate your thoughts. And I think that that's what the Writing Center can offer to humanities grad students is a space where you can ask like, okay, like does this question or does my the, the answer to this question make sense? Or do I need more theory here? Um, and selfishly, I also love it when humanities students come in because I am one myself. And so I can engage a little bit more in depth, like with the, with the ideas. And so can um, Debbie, who's our other graduate tutor. She's a American studies PhD student and incredible as well. So yeah, I think that we just kind of need to break down the stereotype that, as you mentioned, the writing centers for bad writers. I think it's, no one is truly like a, having that value judgment of bad. I just don't think is helpful at all. It's like everyone is in their own like process. They're on their own writing journey and we can help move you along when you're feeling a little lost or overwhelmed. Yeah, and I think there's something really important, too, which is that you offer different ways of sort of engaging mm -hmm. with writers. I mean, it's not always just a one-on-one -on -one process, but it can be. Could you tell us just a little bit about the different opportunities that graduate students have for meeting with tutors and, and the different ways that um, they may engage the writing process? And so it may be doing something different depending on where you are or just what you're struggling with or who you're with as well. Yeah, so we have a bunch of different opportunities for grad students, which I think is great because you can kind of pick and choose depending on like your level of comfortability and where, again, you're at. So as you mentioned, the most obvious option is like a one-on-one -on -one, uh, tutoring session that can be either 45 minutes or 90 minutes um, where you work with a grad tutor one-on-one -on, -one on whatever you 
whatever you need. Um, we kind of let the writer lead the session. We don't come in with any like preconceived notions of what we want to accomplish. Um, we also have at the beginning of the semester, um, Erin, who is our like graduate student coordinator, she will organize interdisciplinary writing groups. Um, so that's where people across disciplines um, will meet with either me or Debbie once a week. Um, and depending on how the group decides to structure it, typically one person will present whatever they're writing on. Um, and they'll typically submit that like a few days before we meet and then we'll spend an hour just kind of working working on that. And then the next week we'll repeat the same process. So that's nice because you don't just get a tutor's perspective. In fact, like we try to take a bit of a step back in those spaces and really let the conversation be between grad students. So I've done that group with, we typically try to have, um, even though it, it is interdisciplinary, we kind of try to have like, thematic, you know, um, so it's not like, you know, chemical engineer and then English student, although we have had that before. But um, so I've had, you know, a group where it was like American studies, um, um, a person from history, kind of that group. And then this semester, I'm working with a lot of engineers and chemistry students. So that's the second option or kind of uh, something that grad students can use. And then we also have something um, on Fridays. It's called Focus Friday. And it's from 9 to 12 in our Wilson location. And that is basically like an accountability space. So again, Aaron will be there and offer help if um, grad students need it. But you go in and um, you'll kind of state what your goal is for the day, what you want to accomplish. And then you spend your time working in the writing center on that goal. And then once you're done, you or you don't have to accomplish the goal, but typically it's just a nice space to feel um, to feel accountable and have other people help you through it. We also have bagels there monthly, which is a nice grad students. We always love free food. <laughs> so um, so that's also just like a nice space. So we have coffee and bagels once a month. Um, I think those are all of them, at least ones that students themselves can facilitate or take advantage of. Can you talk with us a little bit either about what you've experienced as a graduate student yourself or with the folks that you work with? Why, how does a overwhelmed, busy graduate student add one more thing to their <laughs> calendar, right? Like why, give us another plug. Why should I do this? And I'm gonna pose it with an agenda and a bias. Why should I do this for myself? Mm. I'm already so busy. Yeah, I think that when you're so busy as a graduate student, you tend to get a bit of tunnel vision and you start to think like, well, I'm the only one who can fix these problems. Like I am I am in charge of my education. I'm in charge of like meeting all of these deadlines, you know, like I, I, I. But again, I think that burnout is just such a huge thing that happens in graduate school. And you really need, you know, you need guides beyond just your committee. I think that it's nice to go into a space where you have other graduate students who are experiencing the same thing as you and kind of help to ease your anxieties. And, you know, there's like the famous phrase, it takes a village. I think like the same is the case in graduate school. You need 
um, you need a whole, you need a support system to help you through. And I think that having, um, having people in place that can specifically help you with your writing can make these incredibly large writing projects that we're expected to do more manageable. It helps to break it down into, you know, manageable parts instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I have to write a hundred pages of original research. Like where do I even start? I think that that is where having someone that you can go to consistently, like I've worked with students across an entire semester on their master's thesis, just to have that consistency there, have that accountability, which sometimes your committee maybe can't offer you because they're dealing, you know, they're dealing with their own research, their own writing, their own families. Um, it's just a nice built-in system that's free for MSU students. Right. And I, I, I think that free piece is huge, right? Mm -hmm. When we're graduate students, we are not, we are not flush with money. Oh, we yeah. are <laughs> overwhelmed. We are, as you said, looking for, for food as well. <laughs> um, bring those bagels in. But I love that I'm hearing you talk about this commitment to these long-term projects because I think, especially in English, if we look at the different programs that we have for a moment, yes, we have coursework and Yes, we have some of our students are TAs, and so they are teaching courses. They are, some of them are full-time teachers who are also graduate students. So if we just stick there, they're quite busy, and, and every, the schedule is full, and the overwhelm is there. And yet, this piece you keep reminding us, these long-term projects, whether one chooses a professional paper or a thesis option, there is an expectation and a reality that our brains need time to think about these topics, to mm -hmm. percolate on them. We need time to read around. We need time to share our thoughts out with somebody other than ourselves and with somebody other than our committee because we simply need rehearsal and practice around these ideas and hearing perspectives from others. And as you said, sitting with others in a similar situation, yes, on a different project, but there is so much in common. And I, I wanna thank you for that because I yeah. think this reminder about that, a way to, to look at these programs and to consider these long-term projects and pieces of writing, a way to do this well and have them less burdensome is perhaps counterintuitive to the busy person. It is to add something in your week or a couple times a month to find a way into the writing center and use that because it truly is a gift to your academic self. Yeah, absolutely. I think that something that has really benefited me, because I mean, I go into the writing center for my own work uh, quite a bit. And I think that when you're in a project for so long, again, you you get tunnel vision. You're kind of just like, okay, like this is what I'm going to do. Or at least maybe that's how I approach my projects. I can kind of, before I do a chapter, I'm like, okay, here is everything that I'm going to write about. But then having someone from outside of your field look that over, they'll bring questions to you about your research that like you might not have even considered or, you know, background information or con like historical context in the field of history that you need to do but that you might not have realized just because you're already so aware of you know disability history in a post-civil war america but that's something that no one else really knows about so i think it helps it helps make your your project better as well um especially when you're juggling so many different things in these large pieces of of, of writing 
And with, you know, we're talking about these big pieces. If I'm thinking as a grad student about coursework as well, you know, a paper for a course or a presentation I have to give for, you know, using air quotes here, just a course that isn't my big project, still perfectly acceptable, right? Still welcome. Totally. Come in and work on whatever you would like some feedback and time on. Yeah. I mean, I've had people come in from my own program who were taking um, our history methods course where they were writing like a three-page reflection paper. And we just kind of came in and talked about the ideas because they didn't really know know where to go. So you can really use it for whatever you need. And I find, again, it's just really helpful, especially if you're feeling a little bit anxious about writing, to have somebody help you through um, help you through that process. And I'm wondering, too, about the interdisciplinary element of it. You know, when you stick a, a, an American studies and a history person and engineering or whatever in the same room together, and they are being asked first and foremost to share work, which is sometimes nerve wracking <laughs> enough, oh, yeah. right, to share, <laughs> share something with the world, but also to provide feedback from somebody who's not a, a specialist in your area. I imagine is is pretty powerful and pretty important, particularly with this push towards being more um, more willing to share information and being expressive and being able to communicate ideas with people outside of your field. I imagine that there's a huge benefit to that in those reading groups. Totally. I think that something that, you know, we talk about a lot in like the history graduate seminars is like the the readability of a book and the accessibility of a text. And that's something that's also happening in the sciences as well. I mean, obviously, because I'm not getting my PhD in chemical engineering, there are certain things I'm just simply not going to understand. But I should be able to understand an abstract. I should be able to understand like an introduction that contains background information. And I really see a lot of students in the sciences um, as well, maybe not as much in the humanities, but in the sciences, a lot of advisors pushing their students to come in because as a field, they want their they want their works to be accessible to a, a wider audience, you know, outside of the ivory tower and um, and academic journals. And I think that that's what, you know, an interdisciplinary space can offer. I mean, I offer that all the time in in my in my one on one sessions with students from the sciences because I'm asking like very basic questions. I'm like, okay, I don't like why, why are we immediately talking about like this type of cell or something like, like what's the importance of, you know, questions that I think, um, and like thinking about context is particularly important in my field, but that's something that maybe people in the sciences don't consider in the same way that, you know, people from the sciences come into my own work and they're like, oh, like, what do you even mean by disability? Like, that's such a big and, you know, fraught term. What does that mean? So I think that that's really what those spaces can offer is just improving context improving, and improving readability. And I think you get so deeply steeped in this work, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I, we, we know it from our own experiences where we, we get so used to talking to one another that we don't oh, realize yeah. there's an audience outside of, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, ourselves. And uh, th there's always that challenge of trying to return to first principles, which is so hard mm -hmm. of saying, okay, what are the things that I'm, that I'm assuming here? And sometimes we, it's the water we swim into the point where we can't, we can't understand that. And so having another set of eyes can be such a tremendous benefit to say, wait a second here, you just sort of breezed by this section here. 
without defining it for for us because there's just so many different ways you can go with disability mm -hmm. or or education or whatever we mean by literacy even in, in our field mm -hmm. and so i think that's a really important point that you're making uh and and, and i and i think it's also such a, an important value that also is not something that's understood with the, the writing centers that when you work with people outside of your field, they help you gain clarity mm -hmm. because they're starting from a place of gen genuine curiosity and not knowing because we forget what it's like to not know. Totally. And I think that that's what a lot of sessions or writing groups turn into. It's a lot of going back to the basics. And as a graduate student, you may be, you know, you're not taking a writ 101 class anymore because you're, again, you're just kind of expected to quote unquote know how to write. But a lot of it is going back to like, oh, like this paragraph needs a topic sentence or like we need some signposting throughout or, you know, I'm not quite sure about the subject of this sentence. It kind of got lost because you kept on using it all the, you know, and I think that that is what I have at least kind of thought about is like, oh, wow, I'm like giving this advice of like, let's have topic sentences here. And then I look at my own work and I'm like, I do not see a topic sentence in sight. <laughs> so I think that that going back to the basics, I think is so key, especially when you're kind of wrapped up in your own, you know, in your own bubble, honestly, because I feel like that's kind of what graduate school can can turn into a little bit. Is it fair also, as you're talking about what you're noticing in your own writing, that you as a GTA in the writing center, you are benefiting as a writer as well? You're not just doing your job. Yeah, ab absolutely. I think that it's been particularly really cool to see how those like long-term partnerships, like graduate students who I'll work with throughout the entire semester, seeing their writing style and seeing like what I want to take from that in my own work. Like I worked with a graduate student and she did a great job of showing, not telling, whereas I feel like I do a lot of telling in my own work. So kind of changing up my style. And then also, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, going back to those, to those basics that you learn, you learn in high school, you kind of learn a little bit more in college, but then you don't really revisit at all in graduate school, you know, signposting, flow, making sure that each paragraph is connected to the next. I think that those are things that when you're so in a project, you forget about because you know it so well, but for an outside reader is like they immediately will pick up on that because they're they're not the expert and most people reading your work won't be. Um, so that's, I think, helped me a lot, especially because, yeah, I don't do a great job of topic sentences in, in, in my own work, which can get a little confusing at times. Mm -hmm. I think, too, that that translates for us when we are writers in a writing group. You know, maybe we're not the GTA at the Writing Center, but we are a part of that writing group. Or in the case of our students, this semester we're running a writing studio for mm -hmm. the first time at the graduate level. We've used them for years at the undergrad level in our capstone course for English Ed. And it has been amazing because it has allowed our writers to come together, talk about their ideas over time, rehearse, get back to some of those basics in a way that is still meeting them where they are at. Mm. It's not stopping and saying, you need to fix this, but it is these reminders. And I think I'm considering now our graduate students who are in the writing studio 
And, you know, the, these reminders and, and the affordances we can get when we are reviewing somebody else's work, again, it could be that initial or maybe it very loudly is the initial, oh, I have to read Rose's work. <laughs> I have to write my own. I don't have time. Right. But I think I think I'd really I want to ask more of us as advisors and as writers and our grad students who may be listening trust this process for a while and do commit to this studio do mm -hmm. commit to this group and take those moments within that that chunk of time uh, to read other people's work and then you know maybe as you're walking back to your car or logging off of your computer if it's online think about what did I learn as a writer how mm -hmm. can I use this and if you've said oh I haven't been signposting in my own writing I need to make that note to self. I can do that. I think that conversation back and forth, not only the real dialogue between multiple people, but that dialogue in our minds as writers, as we go back and forth, looking at others, other people's work is really important. So I, I, I just want to say thank you for, yeah. for offering your experiences as a TA, as a peer tutor, and as a grad student, all intertwined, because I think you know, what you're experiencing is more interesting than what Dr. Fassbender and I are offering <laughs> and saying, this will be good for you. Yeah. Right? It kind of feels like, you know, that nutritional plate you're sending to a child. I swear this is good. We're eating the rainbow. It's fun. Mm -hmm. But I just, I'm such an advocate of the work in the writing center in general, the, the foundational pedagogy and just philosophies that you all espouse and are trained in. Um, I believe in. And so I, I, I just know from my own experiences too as a writer and with the Yellowstone Writing Project that when we come together and write, it it changes us. It changes how we show up to the page. Yeah. And it is such a, like you have to, uh, as you mentioned, like you have to commit to the process. I think that what I find obviously like a one-off session where you come in and you might need help with like citation, like that can obviously be beneficial, yeah. but especially in group settings, like, you know, you're not going to find like the flow of your group after the first meeting or even the second meeting. It takes a couple of weeks in order to establish that rapport with each other, feel comfortable and really create a culture of feedback. And I think that that, but once you do establish that, that I think is where you find the most benefit because you've bought into the process and you're also, as you mentioned, like you're, as you're walking to the car, it's like kind of, it's like an embodied experience almost of like, you're just always thinking about, or you're not always thinking about it, but you're, I think more, you're more in, in the world, in the um, habit of thinking about those things. And I think that that's where you can really start to uh, improve your own writing. And I think too, it's how we improve as academics, right? Mm -hmm. When we're grad students, we're taking on this academic identity, right? We're trying it on to decide, is this a place where mm -hmm. I want to be? Um, what is my future? What do I want to do with what I'm learning and thinking about and the research I'm creating. I think it's also another way to show up in the field and and have support, real support around, you know, what you care about. So could you for a moment tell us the the nuts and bolts of if we've if we've convinced anybody and or for <laughs> those who are like, yes, I've been meaning to do this, how do they connect in and get connected with the writing center as graduate students? 
Yeah. So if you want to book a one-on-one session, go on or just Google Montana State Writing Center. Don't Google MSU Writing Center. You will get Michigan State, not Montana State. So Google Montana State Writing Center. You'll find our website and then somewhere in like the top right of your screen, there should be a button that says um, book a session. You will have to create an uh, account because we use a third party website for this. It's not through MSU. So you have to create an account and then you'll see uh, a schedule there. You book tutors um, by initials. So if you want to book with me, my initials are RA. If you want to book with Debbie, who's the other grad tutor, her initials are DG. Um, You can also go online to our website again and look up tutor bios. Um, Our undergraduate tutors do also work with grad students, especially if Debbie and I are booked up. Um, So you can go on there and see if there are any tutors who are maybe in your field or you feel like might match well with your, your writing style. I would recommend like the schedule is really starting to fill up, especially for Debbie and I, because um, you can book all the way to the end of the semester. So if you want to get in, I would start to get in now, even if you don't know what you're going to work on in like the first week of May, just have it. You can always cancel it. Um, and you can also, there's an option you can either do an in-person or an online appointment. So it's very, it's very, I feel like everyone can just, it can fit with your schedule very nicely. Great. And so in our department, we have an online program. We have an in-person program. We've got some folks who are a bit hybrid. It's open for all of those different modalities. That's an option. Yeah, yeah. I've even had students from like the Great Falls campus come in. So anyone who is a student here can can do it. And I think after you graduate too, there is an option to continue working with the Writing Center as well. So we'll always be there to help. And then those Focus Fridays, is that a drop-in basis? Do people sign up? Yeah, so that is all a drop-in basis. Um, We have three different locations, but Focus Friday is in our Wilson location. That's room 114. Um, Yeah, it's from 9 to 12. You can come in um, whenever, leave whenever you want. Um, Very flexible as well. Great. And then if your fabulous, wonderful professors like Dr. Fassbender (laughs) and Dr. Woe have invited you to writing studios, uh, that is, again, it's it's our pilot at the graduate level. So we are getting feedback from Debbie and from Mm. Erin in the Writing Center, and we'll be meeting again, and of course, getting feedback from our graduate students themselves. And, and yet that model, at least right now, is coming through that, that collaboration between professors or advisors and yeah. Writing Center. So any questions, I think students should just reach out, right, to the Writing Center. Someone will field the question and or direct appropriately as needed. Totally, totally. Yeah, I think you'll find different um, – you can – email our kind of generic email, but also I believe Erin, who again is our graduate student coordinator, um, she can offer a lot of answers with graduate specific questions um, as well. And of course, one of the challenges is that uh, with the Writing Center is that they hire wonderful graduate students and then those wonderful graduate students leave. Mm -hmm. They fly, they spread their wings, they leave (laughs) us. Which means that there's also sometimes opening positions. Could you uh, maybe just give a, we are very shameless with our plugs, maybe just a shameless plug about 
positions that may or may not be opening when certain graduate students graduate. Yeah. So I'm graduating this semester, fingers crossed. Um, so we'll have an opening uh, for graduate student uh, tutor. Um, it works the same way that um, a GTA position would through your department. So you get, it's a pretty sweet deal. You get a tuition waiver and um, a semesterly stipend. The stipend is quite good, I will say. Um, it's better than a lot of stipends that I've heard of of other graduate students. So I would definitely recommend doing it. It's also just a great community to be a part of. I've made some friends there. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a great place to be. There's lots of free food frequently. Again, come back to that piece. Um, and we're currently hiring. And I think the deadline to apply is in two or three weeks, but go on to the Writing Center's website and there should be a portal there. Um, you'll also probably see our flyers all around campus right now. So definitely consider applying. You don't have to be or you don't have to feel like an expert in writing. I certainly didn't feel like one when I started. Just do it and you will you'll learn how to tutor through the process. So, I think it's it's really great for everybody. That's excellent. Well, Rose, I want to thank you so much for your time today. It was such a joy talking to you and hearing about all the benefits that our graduate students in particular can gain from participating with very smart and hardworking folks like yourself mm -hmm. in, the, in the Writing Center. So thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Yeah, thank you guys for having me.